Good morning, everybody. It's good to see you this morning. We welcome you here. I'm going to read from the Word of God from John chapter 15, and I'd like you to stand as we read from the Word of God this morning, where Jesus is speaking. He's speaking to his disciples, and he's saying these incredible things here in John chapter 15. He says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it might bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches, and he who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide with me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and they throw them into the fire and they're burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask, and this is the incredible part of this, you will ask anything, anything that you desire and it shall be done to you. That is a big statement, folks. Then finally, by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit so that you will be my disciples. In those eight verses, the word I, me, or my is mentioned 15 times. And the word abide is spoken seven times. When you hear stuff like that, I perk up my ears and say, there's something pretty important here, and I need to understand it. Amen? Let's pray together, shall we? Father, we're so grateful for this incredible day that you've given us to come to the, to the house of God this morning. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ here that every person in this room is going to be touched by God this morning. Father, I pray that they will honestly feel the hand of God and the breath of God upon their lives. Father, I pray for the powerful anointing of the Holy Spirit of God to bless in this time of music and in the time of the word. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus that every person in this room, every person is going to be blessed of God and encouraged and lifted up and transformation of their lives is going to be occurring. And I thank you for this all in the name of Jesus Christ the Lord. Amen. Amen. I'd like you to turn into uh, Luke chapter, I'm sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1 beginning in verse 5. I'm only going to read one verse as a matter of fact. This is, this is uh, grandparents day. I remember uh, preaching a message about eight or nine years ago in this church on grandparents. And I think that's the only time I've ever uh, specifically sort of focused on a group. Now, I, just, a, just a word to you, if you're not a grandparent, don't, don't just zone out on me or anything like that. Because I, I really think there's something in this for all of us. And <clears throat> so I don't want you to feel like, well, you know, uh, why did we show up today? Uh, but uh, I, I honestly think there's some good stuff in here for all of us. I want to read this one verse. In verse 5, Paul is writing to Timothy. Timothy is a protege of Paul, and he's pastoring 
a tremendous church in Ephesus, but it's a church that's got some real challenges connected to it. And so Paul is encouraging this young pastor, and he says this, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first, listen to this, in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. A teacher gave an assignment to her class. It was a class of eight-year-olds. The assignment was to write about a person who was special to her. And this eight-year-old wrote this letter. Uh, this note to the teacher is a letter. Uh, she was writing about her grandmother. And so here it goes. And it was a description of her grandmother, and she felt like it was probably a description in general for all grandmothers. And she uh, is mostly right in what she said. She said, a grandmother is a lady who has no children of her own. So she likes, <laughs> she likes other people's boys and girls. Grandmas don't have anything to do except be there. If they take us for walks, they slow down when uh, going past pretty leaves and caterpillars. They never say, hurry up. They wear glasses and sometimes are able to take their teeth out. <laughs> they can answer questions. They can answer these questions why dogs hate cats and why God isn't married. That's a good question for you theologians in here. When they read to us, they don't skip words or pages and don't mind if it's the same story again. Grandmas are the only grown-ups who always have the time. That's pretty good. Dr. Gordon Rupp, a noted British historian, was asked how the church could survive the, uh, the decades of persecution and uh, the communist propaganda in Russia. And his answer is uh, quite interesting. He said this, the communists made a big mistake of thinking the church was full of old people and had no future. They failed to realize grandparents have an impact on their grandchildren. The old grandparents passed their faith on to their grandkids, and that's why Christianity actually grew during this time in Russia. We often look at the masses of youth in our schools and our colleges and, and we declare that they are the future and truly that is so. There's little question about that. However, we must not forget that our future is also in our past. And because older people pass along their faith and their values to the masses of young people, Paul recognized this in the life of Timothy. He realized his young protege was not only a mere product of, of Paul's, uh, Paul's expressions of faith into Timothy's, Timothy's life and his teaching and all of these things. This heritage went back to his grandmother Lois. His grandmother Lois passed on this faith to his mother whose name was Eunice. Eunice and Lois both impacted Timothy's life in a very powerful, profound kind of a way. The Bible is filled with grandparents and practically every famous person in the Bible was either a grandfather or a grandmother. 
However, Lois is the only person mentioned in the Bible directly that was called a grandmother. She's the only one. Several years ago, the Minneapolis Star Tribune asked for letters of affection uh, from a group of students uh, from junior high down to about fifth grade. There's about 11,000 letters that came in. The majority of the students did not write about boyfriends or girlfriends, even mom and dad, but they wrote about grandparents. I think one of the main values of grandchildren that grandchildren love is the escape of what I call the uh, legalism of home. Grandparents will often let the rules slide a little bit, and this is appropriately called spoiling the grandchildren. Some of you, most of us, are guilty. I believe we all need to set rules. Don't get me wrong. I believe we need to set rules for discipline and different kinds of things, and, and parents should do that. I'm not knocking that at all. But they also need to taste uh, that special freedom that comes around being with grandma and grandpa. I remember as a little boy, my folks would go to Pleasantville, Iowa. We were living on a farm in Humboldt County, and go to Pleasantville to my grandmother. I never knew my grandfather. He was gone a long time before I got here. And, but my grandmother was fascinating. She had this old garage in the back. And my, and my brother and I would just kind of paw around all through that thing, just, just old musty stuff. And we just thought this was, this was one of the most fabulous places of all. But the best place of all was Grandma had a cave and we would go into this cave. And, uh, you know, it had all those musty smells to it. And, and we thought, well, this is just incredible, a cave. And all of these things got into an old beater of a car and that she didn't drive anymore. We pretended we were driving and all of these things. It was a thrill. It was exciting. You've maybe, if you've read in your Old Testament, you've heard about these, what they call the city of refuge. There were several of these cities that God designated as places where people that uh, were accused of something, instead of immediate justice, they could go to these cities and be safe in them until appropriate justice was, uh, was made available. They were called cities of refuge. Well, I think sometimes that grandparents are sort of like modern-day cities of refuge. That's where kids are accepted. And sometimes they can work out their problems in that kind of an environment. I know that because of many things in our culture today, that some grandparents are actually pressed in to raising their children or their grandchildren because of problems and other issues that, that happen in homes. I recently read a sad story. Matter of fact, I read it just this week very sad story of a little nine-year-old girl who was abandoned by her parents. And these parents obviously were twisted and demented in probably many different ways, but they took this little girl and bound her and took her into the attic and left her there. There was no heat in the house. This was in the middle of winter, and she was there for several days until she was found. And when they did find her, they found that one of her legs was so badly frostbitten that it had to be removed. This is a terrible thing. And yet we hear that. We've heard of that right here in Iowa. There's been cases and situations 
that are just absolutely beyond the pale, if you will. So sad. But here in this case, a very bold grandmother stepped in, took over, went to the court, petitioned to gain custody and got it. And she gave this girl encouragement and nurture and a lot of different things and a lot of different love. And she also was able to find people that could help her physically and they fitted her with an artificial leg and before long she was able to ride a bicycle, go roller skating, stuff like that. You cannot underestimate the influence of a grandparent. This world throws a lot of things at us and it's not going to be getting any better it appears. And that's why it's important for grandchildren to see, to see optimism, to be able to see hope, to visualize courage and strength. And grandparents are a good source for these things because they've been through a lot of stuff already. They've been through it. And they can speak from experience that God will see you through just as he saw us through in those difficult times. That's the kind of attitude that God wants, <clears throat> wants to bring to grandchildren. Nobody wants to serve a God who can't get through the troubled times. And you've been down the road as a grandparent. You've been down the road. And you've been through the difficult times and the tough things. And you've seen God's miracles. And you've noted God's help. And you can be a blessing. Listen to me carefully. You're called to show God in a world where many children will not see God in many places other than the church or in the home. And it just strikes me as I say those words, that's why our Sunday school is so valuable. That's exactly why our midweek fam uh, family night activities on Wednesday is so valuable because kids come in here and they are filled with encouragement and hope and help and blessing. And they see people, people of faith, and I think there's something about that, that a discouraged kid, a kid that's got hurt in their life, can look at that person, that grandparent, or maybe not a grandparent, doesn't really matter, and say, I, I, if they can do it, maybe I can too. And it gives them hope. Becoming a grandparent. I consider this a significant life change, and it's never a choice that you make. You might be thrilled that you're going to be a grandparent. When I first heard that I was going to be a grandfather, I'm not exactly sure at that moment I was thrilled. Now, it, now don't get me wrong. I, <laughs> it wasn't I was going to run out of the house and hide or anything. But I thought, I, I'm, I'm afraid there was a selfishness that sort of overwhelmed me at the moment, realizing you're a whole lot older than you think you are. <laughs> grandparent. And you know, when the grandkids then start getting married off, well, then the risk is even ante goes up even more. You could be a great grandparent, and that means, hey. Get the funeral director on speed dial. It's all coming to an end. No, not really. You just get to double your fun. You spoil them like crazy. You feed them sugar, 
espressos, send kittens home with them, everything. Let me give you a couple things here. Actually, about five or six things. Real quick, we'll roll through them. If you're taking notes, you can do that on the back of your church bulletin. But here we go. What about my relationship with my adult children? I think, first of all, you make sure that you continue to love your children. And they still need you as a resource for stability and occasional guidance. Remember, they are brand new at raising kids. They've never done this before. They think they might know how to do it, but sometimes they're not sure. And uh, you can be a source of great encouragement and strength for them. Let them, are you listening? Let them ask you for advice. I didn't say, go ahead and advise them whether they want it or not. Let them ask you for advice. What they don't need is your bossiness. What they don't need is in my day, I went to school and I had to walk three miles and it was uphill both ways and it was always raining and it was snowing. They don't need that. Save it. Be supportive without interfering. Be helpful without criticizing. Be a loving grandparents without being overindulgent. Number two, how am I to be involved in my grandchild's faith development? Well, first of all, you're a powerful role model. I mean, you've got that going from you right out of the, right from the beginning. And you, you model values, you model faith in, in your words and your attitudes and, and all of these things. Your lifestyle, it sends, a, I, it sends a signal. It's a very clear signal. Message to them, their, their, those kids. Let them hear you pray. Last Sunday night, we were at my <clears throat> daughter's place in Omaha, and my little three-year-old, she's going to be four here in about six weeks, we're ready to eat. We're sitting at the table. Papa, pray. <laughs> you know, it's sort of a command. Be on it, man. And uh, so I prayed. And we, and we have to hold hands when we pray. You, you can't pray without holding hands. So we're holding hands. And we're praying. And I peeked, you know, and she, she said, you, everybody has to close their eyes too except her. And... Uh, <laughs> So I guess she's making sure everybody closed their eyes. <laughs> so we close, and at the end, amen. Well, I know that's, that's young, a young child. But something's happening that's very, very important and very priceless. Read Bible stories to them when you can. Share church with them when it's possible. Encourage Encourage them with your love and yourself and the self-worth that they are. How to be a stabilizing force. Well, again, I'm going to mention this. You've survived some probably some rough times in your life, and now you're a constant reminder of God is always faithful. Those grandchildren, likely their parents, are growing up in a world of instant gratification, and your stability and your patience is going to be very important for them to see. They're used to getting it right now. You've, you've went through that, and maybe you still go through that, but we know sometimes that there has to be a waiting on God. 
Be active in your children, grandkids' life. Show interest with what they're interested in. And they'll be able to show interest in you. Play and participate in whatever. My granddaughter came up to me and it was, uh, I don't know, it was Christmas time and, and everything and we were just sort of kind of hanging out, you know, as, and everything. And uh, she wanted to watch Frozen. Well, I'd never seen that before. She'd seen it several times. And so here it comes up on the TV, Frozen. So I'm, you know, I'm on the couch and I'm going to stick it out here. She's sitting right beside me. She knows all of those people their names, the little donkey, and the snowman. They, she knows all of their names. You know, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm, I'm standing here today, and I said, I can't figure out why everybody froze. <laughs> and I turned to my daughter. I said, why did everybody freeze? I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I, I didn't want to ask Olivia. She, I, I'm sure she understood it. And we would have been there until lunchtime her figuring this out with me. Participate. Respect their parents' wishes regarding sleep and food and discipline and all of those things. Don't show favorites. Do not show favorites. If you want to read about the bad news of favoritism, read about the story of Jacob. Ooh, there was a problem. Keep materialistic gifts to a minimum. Every grandparent in here should say amen. <laughs> Finally, grandparenting from a distance. And Joan and I consider grand, we're grandparents at a distance. It's three and a half hours to get over there. Learn how to email pictures and videos. Uh, just this past week, one of our grandkids, uh, it's Emma, she's... Uh, 11? Yeah. She's just started playing volleyball, and we got a little video of her playing volleyball, and I thought, man, that is just terrific. I'm glad we have these resources that we can do some of this stuff. Send birthday cards and, and special occasions and stuff like this. Make a scrapbook of your family history. We're doing that right now. We, mostly Jonah's doing that right now. <laughs> I'm so busy praying. <laughs> anyway, we're making, this, uh, we're making these things for these kids because there's a heritage that we want to pass along that, that, that's certainly going to fade out if we don't do something about it. There's a Swedish proverb that says, where there is a grandmother in the house, the children always have a friend. I agree with that. In a world where children are greater in number... Uh, I, I'm sorry, in a world where children in greater numbers have to endure the trials of issues with their parents, sometimes divorce, multiple kinds of abuse that comes up, it's often the grandparents that become the glue that holds the family together. I believe that's why the courts in recent years have given grandparents the rights of visitation so that no matter how messed up the parents get, the children can still develop a healthy relationship to grandma and grandpa. And I think that's good. Hezekiah was one of the best kings that God's people ever had. 
His father was Ahaz, and he has the distinction of being one of the very worst kings. But his grandfather was Jotham, who was also one of the best kings that Israel had. He took after his grandfather. I want you to turn into Ruth. This is also part of my text, and I want to kind of close right here. You know where Ruth is? How many know right where Ruth is? Four people in this church. I've not done my job well. Okay, let's do it together. Say it with me. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth. There you go. You should be there right now. Ruth chapter 4. It's a beautiful story of Naomi, Ruth, and Boaz. Naomi and Ruth are two women that have come out of a foreign land, if you will, back into Israel. They're, they have virtually nothing. No heritage, nothing. Ruth meets Boaz, and fall, they fall in love, and they have a child. And I pick up the story here in verse 14. And the women said to Naomi, the grandmother, Blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a close relative, and may his name be famous in Israel. And may he be to you the restorer of life and a nurturer of your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is better to you than seven sons, has borne him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him on her bosom and became a nurse to him. Also the neighbor women gave him a name saying, there is, born, there is a son born to Naomi. And they called his name Obed, for he is the father of Jesse, the father of David. Follow me with this just for a moment. The story of Naomi, Ruth, Boaz dominates the book of Ruth. But at this point, Nay, uh, Ruth and Boaz disappear. They are off the scene. Just Grandma Naomi is left. And she gives birth to this little baby boy. And after that, they leave the stage, as I mentioned. Naomi now has what we call a kinsman redeemer in her new grandson. Every person in the bloodline from, Christ, from Adam to Christ was a grandparent. The small genealogy that ends this book of Ruth is a list of people who were all grandparents. The baby of Ruth was named Obed, who was the grandfather of Israel's greatest king, King David. If you'll look in Matthew, don't do it right now, but if you'll look in Matthew chapter 1, you'll find the names Ruth, Obed, David, and ultimately, Jesus. There is a heritage. The evidence is enormous that grandparents are key people in the lives of so many children. Grandparents are one of God's major means to keep his plan progressing. We easily see it in David's heritage of Ruth, but the stories are endless and they continue today.
So many lives today are touched by grandparents. Would you stand with me? I mentioned at the start of this message, this is uh, not only for grandparents in here, but I believe parents and singles and a lot of people can glean a lot of things from, from this message. And I hope you have. I hope you have. Our kids are a precious thing that God has given to us. They are not problems. They are not a pain in the neck. They are gifts given to us by God. I hope that we recognize that. I pray that God would help us as moms and dads and parents of all, all shapes and sizes, single parents, whoever you are. Ask God to help you. Ask God to help you with your kids. And uh, we want to honor God in that kind of a way. And it's going to mean so much. Would you pray with me right now? Father, may the Lord bless our families, our congregation, and the people here of Faith Community Church. Father, we pray earnestly in the name of Jesus for our children. We recognize the blessing of children, but we also today, we have recognized the blessing of grandparents and also, I will say, parents. Father, I pray that you will help us to perhaps renew our commitments to our families today, how desperately families needs, need dads and moms. And so, Father, I pray that you'll help adults to step up and step in to the lives of children. So, Father, we thank you today. We love you. We praise you. Today, if there's somebody in the room today that you've walked into church this morning and you're here because, well, you're just here for whatever reason. But you realize that there's something special about this place. It's not so much this place, but it's about the one who is in this place. The work of the Holy Spirit has touched your life today and spoken to you. And he speaks into your heart right now. Perhaps you need Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord in your life. Today would be an incredible day to acknowledge him as the Lord of your life. And I urge you to do that. And I urge you simply, quietly at your seat, wherever you're at, follow me in prayer. Say it to him. Father, come into my life. Jesus, be the Lord of my life. Come into my heart. I realize I am a sinner. And I know I can't save myself. I want Jesus to forgive me. I want Christ to be the Lord of my life. And today, I invite him to be the Savior of my soul and to live in my heart. I believe God, I believe he died on a cross and God raised him from the dead. Today, I ask him to be the Savior of my life. I do this by faith. And I promise, I promise God right now that I'm going to endeavor to live for Christ and grow in my faith. In Jesus' name, amen.